you know, when the jury saw these documents and saw, I mean, they were taking in certain circumstances, I mean, you know, these, these huge bulk canisters of talc and it would have like the skull and crossbones oh on it. God. Oh yeah. And they're pouring it into the product. <laughs> it's like out of a, like like a, a movie, evil right? villain movie. Yeah. The big skull and crossbones going into the, the fruit punch at the party. Yeah. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome everyone to Prioritizing Profits with Sarah and Ben Showered. I think this is probably going to be our first official episode. We did mess around a little bit and try to um, get some some bloopers, a little bit of some clips maybe to post on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook get some hype going around the show hopefully and then this will be the first full official one um woohoo rah rah let's yeah, do it let's go we'll get right into introductions uh if you want to go first right. sure sure um i'm sarah showered showered law um been practicing law for about 35 years and most of that time um i have been focusing on <clears throat> on suing pharmaceutical companies basically um so are we handle cases involving dangerous drugs dangerous uh medical products uh medical devices and then also uh, what you would consider to be regular personal injury cases a wide variety and and i think when most people think of personal injury they're thinking of car crashes that's the most common right ambulance chasers uh, whoa 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 watch what you say here <laughs> but what you're doing's different it's mass tort and uh do you want to go through what 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 makes that different than sure absolutely yeah injury yeah so when people think of car accidents um and, and that's that's you know of course the classic personal injury case and the thing about car accidents is that they are just that they're accidents um in most cases, somebody didn't try to hit you. They didn't try to injure you. Um, and in most cases, you're going to have insurance that's going to cover your damages, including loss of earnings, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of those, a lot, a lot, a lot of those over the years. Um, and I, I do enjoy that. And I enjoy helping people in you know, a certain kind of time of need. Um, but what I really have a passion about is pursuing the um, pharmaceutical companies. And, and the real reason for that is that these are not accidents. These are basically intentional acts. Um, these pharmaceutical companies calculate out what it's going to cost to pay for someone's death um, and, and compare that to how many millions and oftentimes billions of dollars they're going to make on a particular drug. Um, and, and the only way to stop them uh, is to sue them, unfortunately. I mean, hit them where it hurts, hit them in the pocketbook. Um, and that's very difficult for an individual person to take on a huge conglomerate corporation like this. But uh, through this process of handling mass torts, what happens is that attorneys from many law firms across the country band together to take on, uh, to take on the pharmaceutical company. And that's, um, that's how, how it works. Um, and really, it's, um, it, it's protecting people. It's, well, it's helping people who have been injured by a drug or medical device. But it's also kind of slapping the, 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 the pharmaceutical companies and, and uh, making sure that they uh, don't do that in the future. And stay in line and... and- you know, follow a certain level of, of moral 
this, I would <laughs> it's a say. pretty low it's a pretty low bar but yeah I'll try not to kill people I mean we're trying to the the, 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 you know, the whole idea behind drugs and medical devices are that you're making people's lives better you're getting you know you're helping them with awful symptoms they have you're you're giving them their life back if you're having a knee or hip replacement you can you know get your mobility back all of that it's supposed to help it's not supposed to hurt and it's certainly not supposed to kill you and if there are even if there's risks with these things okay there's risks in life but tell us about it and you know and that's one of the things I you know people always say oh you know these, these drug commercials it's all blah 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 this can happen and that can happen and yeah and fine if you tell me that can happen to me then I can make a decision I can make an informed decision about whether I want to take that risk and and if I take that risk and the bad thing happens I've got no case that, that's fine but if you don't tell me about some horrible situation that could happen some horrible risk then I haven't I wasn't in a position to make an informed decision and I should be able to be compensated if this awful risk I had no idea about occurs. A hundred percent. And I think the biggest difference that you kind of touched on there is that with personal injury, you know, car accidents, they're, they're accidents. No one wants to be in a, in a car accident. Um, but with these mass tort cases where there's these pharmaceutical companies, there's side effects to these drugs that they're either aware of and they just don't mention um, or, you know, they're not aware of, they know it's not safe and they still put it out there. And, and the fact that, you know, there's equations that can mm-hmm. essentially give value to human life and figure out whether or not it's worthwhile financially for these companies to be putting out these harmful drugs that they know is, are going to cause massive problems for, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of individuals throughout the country and do it anyways, because they know that they'll still make a profit on it, even if they get sued by every one of those individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although they have, there are some tricks of the trade, and we're going to talk about one of those one of those today. Yeah. And I, I think this kind of loops in into why we're doing this full podcast overall. You know, I think that uh, you, you released some, some teasers on Facebook, and a lot of people were asking questions about what exactly we, we, we would be speaking about, you know, the importance be- behind having... Um, you know, kind of a law-based podcast or one that's more focused on mass torts. And I think, you know, when we discussed it, one of the biggest reasons for doing this is is public awareness. Absolutely. Um, You know, unfortunately, um, the consumers and even the doctors are sometimes the last to find out about these problems. And you admit you were talking before about, you know, sometimes the drug companies release a drug and they know certain problems and don't warn about them. But there are other other situations, um, maybe less nefarious, at least at the beginning, where they release a drug and they honestly don't know about a certain side effect, but it's a new drug. And so over the course of, you know, those initial years, they start seeing some concerning patterns or some concerning issues. And all of a sudden it becomes clear that while they didn't know before, now they know that this can cause you know, some real serious problems. And it is incumbent upon them at that time to warn. And then they choose not to do that. So, um, and, and oftentimes, the, you know, the attorneys are the ones who hear about these things. Oh, I took this medication and I started having these symptoms. Um, that's not something that was warned about. Um, and then as we do more research, it can, we, we can find these other studies. Again, they're, they're post-market studies, and the, the uh, drug companies have absolutely no impetus to broadcast these problems. Um, so some, oftentimes that's how, how, it's, how, it, how it comes out. Definitely less nefarious, right? They, they're not putting <laughs> a drug on the market that they know have these specific issues that they aren't um, telling people about. But 
once the drug's out for a few years and things start popping up and there's trends that, that are noticeable and then they still choose not to say anything. And, and I think it's, it's crazy to me to hear that, you know, of the last people to find out that some of these drugs or um, these devices are having issues are the doctors themselves, which is insane. I mean, I, when, I, when I go to the doctor, when I'm sick, my first thought is, is I need to go to the doctor and they're going to tell me what's wrong. They're going to tell me what I need to take or what I need to do to, to feel better. And whatever it is, no matter how ridiculous, if, it, if it's 10 second handstands every morning to stop a <laughs> headache, hey, if the doctor says I got to do it, right? I mean, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. He does. Um, and so, you know, someone that in, in my life, I would trust to give me uh, health advice are the people that are finding out about this stuff last. And actually that makes perfect sense because like you said, you're gonna trust them. So if they know and they don't prescribe it, that's the problem. So the doctors, and again, these drug companies are going in, they have their drug reps, they're going in there and they're you know, singing the praises of this drug and the absolute last thing they're gonna do is tell the doctor the problems. And most of the most most often when you go to the doctor, you're going to a primary care provider, mm-hmm. uh, and and they don't have time to be researching every single different area. I mean, you know, they're the kind of like the the, the first the first level, um, and they absolutely are going to be the ones that it's hidden from. I mean, there was a um, back in the, the the days when we were pursuing the Actos cases, it was a. Um, uh, a diabetes medication that was causing bladder cancer. And I mean, these drug reps were told, whatever you do, don't say that C word. Wow. Do not say the C word. And if you get asked about that C word, do whatever you have to do to distract. You know, we do not want them to know this. Again, if they know this, they're not going to prescribe it. And, 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 and you know, as you were saying too, that, you know, this, this finding out about it post-market, there's actually a bigger investment at that point. If they find out early on in the development phase, you know, I mean, again, they oftentimes still put it out, but they lose less if they stop at that point. Mm-hmm. If they go forward and they spend billions and billions and billions of dollars on these marketing campaigns and producing this medication, they've really invested. And to pull it now, whew, that's a big loss. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because, I mean, millions and millions of dollars, tens of millions go into yeah. each one of these drugs. Promoting and, them. And I mean, look, just just turn on your TV and you'll see how many of the commercials are you watching are about are about the new drug. So that, and, it, and it's direct to consumer. But they want you to go in and ask your doctor. Yeah. No, I don't want that one. I want this one. And I think for people that are, are listening, they maybe had no idea what mass torts were before this or they didn't know much about about personal injury and pharmaceutical companies and the stuff that was kind of going on behind the scenes. I feel like this is probably a massive wake-up call. This is shocking. I wouldn't even believe it, right? I mean, <laughs> hearing that these these pharmaceutical reps are going to the doctors, going to my doctor's office, recommending medication that they know will cause cancer and are being told to hide it from doctors. I mean, it's like conspiracy theory, you know, all the way up there to the top. That's real life, unfortunately. It's a, it's a you know, a, a big industry. Yeah, and and clearly because you know, there's people like yourself that are they're making a living off of pursuing these pharmaceutical companies that you know have more nefarious actions behind them. Right. Um, I think it'd probably good just to give some some examples or go into some some previous ones or ones that you may be working on right now. What are some of the cases that you're focused on at the moment? Um, well, actually, if I could just maybe step back a little bit as far as why we're doing this, I think um, it's important to, um, since as we've discussed, sometimes the doctors and the patients are the last ones to hear about these problems. And it's really a strange thing that the attorneys are kind of on the forefront oftentimes. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm hoping that this podcast can do, again, um, 
is is to, you know, as we learn about these things, and there are some cases that I've been working on for years, but the average person probably has absolutely no idea about it. So this is more of an opportunity for us to say, hey, you know, here are some of these risks. Again, they're not warned about. Um, and if you are using these products, make an informed decision, you know, hear from the other side. Right now, you're getting a very biased uh, you're getting a bias, very biased angle on the whole thing. You're getting, you know, what, what they're paying the advertising agencies to, to talk about on TV. And so um, I'm hoping that this is an opportunity for people to learn about some dangerous things and decide if they want to use them um, or not. And what's even scarier about that is that I think a lot of people kind of get confused. And I think a lot of these issues are focused on prescription medication. You know, I think that there's there's the most common the ones that we see in in news is prescription medications that have side effects that weren't mentioned that, you know, millions of people are on and they're experiencing these issues. But realistically, you know, these type of cases can come from anywhere. They can come from, you know, devices that uh, I know that you're working with hernia mesh for a while. Mm -hmm. They can come from over the counter products. I know right now you're working on on hair relaxer as well. And that's something that anyone could just go into Walgreens and pick up. And there's serious issues connected to those. Well, there's serious issues. And the other thing about the over the counter products and the cosmetics, you don't, the the drug company or the, the, I shouldn't say drug companies, but the cosmetic companies, they don't even have to list all of the ingredients if it's not a drug. Insane. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it's a lot easier to get away with on those. And they can kind of sneak things in there because they don't have to list them. And then obviously it kind of comes up later down the road that there's issues. Well, they can put things in and they can also take things out, what we sometimes uh, call a silent recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually happened um, with the denture cream cases that had, had um, ex- an excessive amount of zinc. And when you um, absorb zinc, your body can no longer absorb copper, and it can lead to all sorts of problems, um, peripheral neuropathy, numbness. I mean, people were in wheelchairs as a result of this. And so when these cases started happening, they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll just start pulling the zinc out of the product. The new products don't have it. And then the people couldn't even prove their case, even though they were already suffering from the, uh, the side effects and the permanent injuries mm-hmm. um, when they were using the product that had it in it. But it, you know, it didn't say it. It didn't say it before and it didn't say it after the silent recall, which just made it even more difficult on your end of things of trying to figure out, you know, people that were taking it, were they taking it before they silently got rid of the, the chemical that was causing all these issues? Well, and some, yeah, some of it, some of it was silent and some of it, um, as people started hearing about this, and again, still, most people probably have never heard about this problem. Um, some of the, the brands would come out and would say zinc free. Oh, whoa, 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 hey, we didn't even know there was zinc in it to Didn't know zinc with. was a problem. <laughs> but okay, zinc-free, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and yeah, and it, and it was a good thing. And, and how does this work with the FDA? Because I think you know, whenever I talk to any of my friends and you know, tell them about what you do or anything like that, one of their first responses, oh, well, we got the FDA. <laughs> FDA is looking over us. You know, it's approved. What, what type of issues could be in here? Yeah, well, so not, the FDA is great. It's a good thing that we have the FDA, but what the FDA does and what people think the FDA does is dramatically different. Mm-hmm. People think that the FDA has all of these scientists and they're doing all of these studies and they're testing all of these products, and that's not the case. I mean, it's a government agency. Uh, they do not have the ability to do that. Um, what happens is that the drug companies do their own studies and then they submit the studies to the FDA uh, with, in the process of trying to get the product approved. Mm-hmm. Um, 
are those studies biased? Well, hell yeah, a lot of the time. And they can pick and choose, right? I mean, they can really (laughs) cherry pick these studies on which ones they want to send over to the FDA. Oh, yeah. And then they just stop studies sometimes. Oh, things aren't looking so good. Oh, well, we're we're, we're not going to continue. First half's looking a lot better. I think we'll just (laughs) stick with this one. Do a different study. Focus on, yeah. Um, and, you know, there have been a lot of, of stories kind of over the years about people um, being very biased, perhaps bribed. Um, uh, there was a case I was involved in uh, years ago where it was determined that participants in the study who had died just were erased out of the study. So that as, if, as if they were never in it to start with. So there's some, some pretty extreme, uh, extreme, extreme situations that happen. Again, it's, it's, it's big dollars. If we can get this thing approved, we can get it on the market. And it seems like almost like a systematic issue, right? Because I mean, these pharmaceutical companies, they're investing tens, hundreds of millions of dollars into these, these uh, prescription, these medications, these devices, whatever they may be. Um, and then obviously issues are coming up. They don't want to lose money. They're, they're sending over the cherry-picked research cases over to the FDA, who's just a governmental agency. You know, they, they don't know what's going on. They're just taking what they get, accepting it based off that. And then it's going out over the counter where if it's over the counter beauty products, they don't even have to mention what's in it. They can take out and put stuff in there without saying anything. Um, doctors are being lied to. Lawyers are the people that are figuring things out first. I mean, is there is there a singular pain point here or is this just a systematic issue overall? Well, I, th- I think it is a systematic issue. Um, I mean, that's certainly a, a huge problem to try to try to get into and address. Um, but there are, you know, little things and little changes that can be made, hopefully, to make it somewhat better. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when we talk about um, FDA approval, there's also like an FDA clearance, and that is a much lesser standard. And uh, oftentimes the way that that happens is that say you have a device and you're saying, well, this is a substantially similar device. It's basically the same thing. It's just some little tweaks here and there. And so we shouldn't have to go through this whole big, crazy, expensive and you know, multi, multi-year long process to get it approved. Let's just get it cleared based on the other product. Um, and that makes sense logically. And in certain circumstances, absolutely, that, that that's the, as it should be. But there are sometimes where the change is huge. And, and, you know, a perfect example are these metal on metal hips. Well, they base the metal on metal hips. It's the same design, but a different product. Well, this product, well, holy crap. I mean, <laughs> it's metal on metal. And, 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 and as the, the, the ball moves in the joint, you know, there's little slivers of metal that's coming off and it's getting absorbed into your bloodstream and into your tissue. So changing the, the, the you know, the materials is actually a huge change. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think that we, you know, we're doing this podcast. We're not trying to change the system. I don't think we're going to be able to. Maybe we make it really awesome. I never know. You know, maybe we get enough pull, enough uh, (laughs) power. Say. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we're, we're not going to change the system, but, you know, I mean, each person who maybe avoids using a certain product, um, who doesn't take a risk that they don't want to take a risk, um, I think that's a win just in and of itself. Um, and, 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 and just letting people know. I mean, again, it's not something that they want out there in the news. I mean, and when it does hit the news, it comes out and it's just like a flash in the pan. I mean, it's, you know, one day they're talking about it on Today's Show. And if you didn't catch that, that you know, that segment, you, you don't know about it. And it's not something, um, you know, that, that, that people are commonly aware of unless it becomes a huge issue. And, and you know, I think you mentioned this earlier. You've been doing this for 35 years. So you know what it's like to, to market 
things like this, right? Like market it in a mass toward where, you know, you're trying to find a needle in a haystack at times. A lot of these people don't know that there's any issues with the products that they're using. They don't know that some of the issues that they are currently facing right now are from products that they're using that they have no clue that it, it's not told to them that yeah. it's going to be a side effect or that these chemicals are in there. Um, and, and to find that information is incredibly difficult. Like you mentioned, they don't want it out in the news. They don't right. want it easily accessible. Yeah. And even though there are many law firms like your own that try to put that information out there, sometimes, it, you know, for me personally, it can be hard to digest. You know, you look at some <laughs> of these conditions and some of these products and the words, the big words they use, it is, it's a little scary. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hopefully, especially with this podcast, we'll be able to go through some of the products that are, you know, on the market right now that you can go into the store and see on the shelves that are having these massive issues that can you know cause cancer i I keep coming back to this hair relaxer because it's one of the most surprising ones that you know you can literally go into the store pick it up and there's studies that show that it will cause cancer Well, and one of the one of the things that that that, um that i care that 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 is, is a really big issue for me is helping people to understand maybe why something happened um, or why they're having symptoms and how they could um, could could, uh, could stop having those problems. And and this kind of goes back to the, the denture cream situation where, um, I mean, it was almost inconceivable to people. I mean, people were having, I mean, they were ending up in wheelchairs and they were being tested, you know, for ALS, for MS, for, you know, spinal injuries, for uh, diabetic neuropathy, all of these things. The doctors just couldn't figure out why all of a sudden, you know, they couldn't walk. They were becoming crippled. And I mean, who in the world is going to think, oh, maybe it's my denture cream? I mean, absolutely not. And, the, the you know, one of the things that I, I mean, it's probably... One of the true highlights of my career were just the the people who I could give them an answer. They they the doctors couldn't figure it out, um, and we were like, "Hey, we'll do a heavy metal test. It's not a standard test. It's absolutely not a standard test." Um, and the doctors wouldn't even agree to it. They're, ah, a lawyer wants me to do this test. I'm not doing this test. <laughs> um, we actually ended up hiring a mobile lab who went to their homes and did the test. Wow! And if it came out that they had high levels of zinc and low levels of copper, wow. Okay. It, there's a good chance that your problems are related to the denture cream you're using. I mean, who would have thought? That's absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, you're waking up and not being able to walk and it being connected to your denture cream. That is absurd. And so you keep using it. But if you knew, if you knew that, hey, the denture cream is a dangerous thing. I mean, there are other brands of denture cream, mm-hmm. you know, or let your uh, go toothless. I don't know. Let your, let it, <laughs> and at this point, they were aware of it, right? They knew that it was causing these oh, issues, yeah. causing these problems. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. you know, trying to cover it up as much as they can. Meanwhile, there's, you know, these geriatric that are taking denture cream and you would be surprised there were some young people who had different issues that caused them to wear dentures it wasn't all geriatrics that's and fair. don't be don't be don't be saying anything about that because <laughs> i might be in that category or hovering at the verge of it so <laughs> so watch it there <laughs> yeah but I, I i think it it is important to kind of get that information out there and i mean i think that's definitely what we're going to be focused on but we'll be going over a lot of different variety of, mm-hmm. of, of topics overall um, and just kind of revamping a lot of your marketing overall, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. All right. That's on you, buddy. I know. I know, I know I'm doing it. I mean, it's uh, the face painful. of the brand. Yeah, I know. But I'm an old dog trying to learn new tricks. Uh, that's it's, a little, it's a little painful, but, you know, I got to gotta move forward. That's right. That's so, right. So all good. Dragged, kicking and streaming, screaming by my son. <laughs> so uh, I think we could probably just go into some of the cases that you're looking into now probably just briefly go over, you know, I know that there's always many cases going on. There's always a lot of faulty products and and prescription medications out there. 
Um, but you know, I know that there are some over the counter ones, some of the more common ones. So if you want to go over into, into some of them that people should maybe be keeping an eye out in case they see them on, uh, the counters. Well, so, so the, kind of the, the, I'd say the, the over the counter product that is really the focus of, of, of our firm and, and a lot of others right now are the hair relaxers, the hair straighteners. Um, again, an over the product, uh, over the counter product, something you can just buy at the drugstore. And, um, and, and, and the issue with that is that the chemicals that they're using um, are greatly increasing the risk of uterine cancer. And so this also kind of links into what we were saying about um, having symptoms or problems and having no idea what might have caused, caused them. And these cases really came to light because there were young women um, who were not high risk for uterine cancer. And I should just step back and say uterine cancer is a very rare, rare cancer. Um, so you had young women, you had young women with no family history, no risk factors, and they were getting uterine cancer. And it's like, what, what's going on here? This, you know, something's going on here. Well, it turned out that there was a link to, um, to these products. And if they were using this over-the-counter hair straightener product on a regular basis, um, and it's the type of product you do use on a regular basis, as your hair grows out, um, you're going to reapply it. And these chemicals are getting absorbed into the scalp. And they're also very caustic, and so they could cause, you know, lesions and rashes and, and, and ways for that chem the chemical to get into your, into your scalp. Um, and so, so um, you know, again, these women just assumed, well, this is just really horrible luck um, that I've got cancer at age 30 um, with no risk factor. Um, and it turns out that there was a reason. It was this product. And um, it is a product that is used very heavily um, particularly in the African-American community. And, um, and again, it's, it's just something that I would say the average person doesn't know it's even a risk. And uh, if they know, they can do a little more research um, and they can make a decision on whether they want to take that risk or not. Yeah, and I think this does kind of connect back to the denture cream because it's the same situation where, you know, someone's diagnosed with uterine cancer, the last thing that they're going to think is it's going to be some hair product <laughs> that they're putting on their head, you know, once a week, every yeah, other week. Head, the uterus, I mean, there is a big space. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> both are on the body, I guess, but that's about the only connection there. Um, that, that is insane. And so when it's products like this with a hair relaxer, is it usually one brand, like one specific one? Or are there several brands that are kind of just piggybacking off each other, doing similar things, and then it all comes to light? So it's usually not just one brand. And I mean, and again, it's going to be a particular chemical that works very well with this. So uh, most of the companies are going to use that, you know, those chemicals, and then it maybe has a slightly different scent or it has other different additive products. Um, but oftentimes it is uh, multiple brands using the same ingredients or, or the problematic ingredient. And that um, can be a little bit complicated also because quite often with um, like with denture cream, with hair relaxers, um, you know, maybe you go back and forth. You use L'Oreal this time, you know, you use a different one the next time. Um, and so, well, who do you sue? And in these types of cases, a lot of the time, you the, the, the mass tort will have multiple defendants mm -hmm. and they will each be partially at fault. Mm -hmm. and so you can collect uh, collect from both of them. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that's probably very difficult for the victims as well, because, I mean, they're keeping track of what hair product they've been using for the last 
several years. I mean, I know some people are very brand loyal. I am as well. I use very specific shampoo and conditioner, but <laughs> I know there's other people that, that like to switch around. They like to change it up. And so keeping track of, you know, what hair product you used a year ago that could have caused uterine cancer is mm-hmm. kind of a tall order. Um, and, well, and, and sometimes this one's on sale or they don't have yeah. this one and this other one basically does the same thing. So, yeah, there is some mixing and matching going on there. Um, and that does, you know, again, with most of the over the counter products that happens. Um, and you know, you look at like the Tylenol cases. I mean, well, there's a, I mean, so Tylenol is a brand name, but I mean, there's a, gil- a gazillion acetaminophen. I mean, you can buy the Walmart brand. You can buy, you know, the Walgreens brand. You can, you know, there's yeah, a million off yeah, brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for cases like this, where I think is, I, I, you know, maybe this is a good question. Is it, co- is this more common or less common for there to be cases where there's over the counter products, there's a, a ton of different brands. And there's a younger age group kind of getting affected with this, right? I know you mentioned the denture cream. There were some younger individuals that may, may, may have surprised me within that group. But I would argue there's probably more younger individuals using a hair relaxer than using denture cream. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and you'd actually, one of the really offensive things about the hair relaxers is that there's actually a brand that targets children. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, these poor little girls are being told at, at a very young age, you're not okay how you are naturally. You need to change your hair. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, culturally and familiar, I mean, they're, they're buying into it and they're starting these products at, you know, really young ages. And so you're seeing, you know, these diseases, these cancers that you don't expect to see in, in, in very young women. And here's why. So we've gone over the hair relaxer, but like I said earlier, I know you have several cases and I know you have the, the talcum powder, right? So, yeah, so we've been involved in the talcum powder cases um, for quite a while, um, but there was a huge development just this past week um, in these cases, and things were looking really, really bad. Well, maybe let's say for people that don't know what talcum ah. powder is, because <laughs> I'm in that boat, well, give us a quick overview of, sure. of the case so far. Sorry. See, this is why I need you. I just dive right in and assume <laughs> everybody knows exactly what I know about the situation. Right. So talcum powder, I mean, everybody knows about Johnson & Johnson's baby powder, and um, most people have probably used it. It's not quite, um, you know, used in the ways that it was historically. And Johnson uh, Johnson, this is the same Johnson Johnson from vaccines, right? It's the same Johnson Johnson for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they are huge, multi-billion, I think $44 billion company. It's, yeah, they're everywhere. Um, and, but so one of their biggest products was the Johnson's baby powder. Um, and it was, it, you know, it's been heavily marketed, advertised basically forever as, you know, before I was born. Um, and the problem with it is that talc comes from talc mines and they're, um, it, and it can contain asbestos. Um, and actually just the talc itself, the talc fibers. And so the way that it was advertised to be used, and again, this is kind of an earlier generation, um, you know, even technically before me, um, women were told that they should use it on their genitals, like after the shower, and you don't want to be sweaty, you don't want to be moist, you want to, you know, powder off. And the problem with that was that um, the, the talcum powder was actually getting up and into their ovaries and causing ovarian cancer with repeated juice. Um, you know, it's the same thing you put on little, little babies' butts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also uh, other people, well, men would sometimes use it on their chests. If you inhale it, it can cause mesothelioma. Wow. Um, and if it gets, um, you know, the, the, the big issues are the mesothelioma and the ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And so um, this 
came to light. And it turned out that, I mean, this has been going on for, for years and years and years. I mean, there were studies specifically saying that, you know, hey, this is problematic. There was always an alternative. You could always use cornstarch or cornmeal. Um, but there's always been alternatives. Um, and quite frankly, it was just unnecessary to start with. Um, and, you know, they knew and, you know, there are various inside documents showing that they knew about these problems, but they were just making all this money on it and they just would not change it. And so the lawsuit started and there and they and, you know, when the jury saw these documents and saw, I mean, they were taking in certain circumstances. I mean, you know, these these huge bulk canisters of talc and it would have like the skull and crossbones oh on it. God. Oh, yeah. And they're pouring it into the product. <laughs> it's like out of a, like like a, a movie, evil right? villain movie. Yeah, the big skull and crossbones going into the, the fruit punch at the party. Eh? Yeah, but so they started getting hit and they started getting hit big and with punitive damages. I mean, huge verdicts. There was, I mean, they they had, um, well, before they put kind of put the kibosh on it, which we'll talk about, like $3.5 billion in, in, in verdicts. There was one case involving 22 women where they awarded them more than $2 billion. Oh God. So, so they were getting hit, and they were getting hit hard. Yeah. Um, and so, what they did was they were like, "Oh, whoa, you know, we, we got to stop this." And they, um, uh, so, so this is what's in the news is what's called the Texas Two Step, and it was a tactic that they used. And so, what they did was they said, "Okay, we're gonna." We're going to develop a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson. It was called LTL. So we're going to make this other little entity over here, and we're going to put all of the talc cases over into this other entity, and we're going to give them $2 billion. Cool. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money. Um, and so that's its own business. It's over there. It's not Johnson & Johnson. It's LTL. Johnson & Johnson is bankrupt, yeah. but LTL is bankrupt. And so they put it into the bankruptcy process. And this was actually moving forward. All of the cases got put on hold. Um, the bankruptcy court was upholding it. They put, you know, stays. And uh, it was appealed to the Third Circuit. And what happened on uh, January 30th is that the Third Circuit came out with its decision saying, no, you can't do this. Thank God. Okay. Right? Saying, no, this is not done in good, fa good faith. Yeah. Um, and the scary thing about this, well, now, of course, Johnson & Johnson has, you know, more money than God or whatever. I mean, it's the, they're, they're going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. And yeah. we don't know what's going to happen at the Supreme Court. Um, also, lawmakers were trying to, were looking at this going, whoa, this is clear. Clearly, it's clearly <laughs> not. This shouldn't work. This is not cool. This is not cool. And Johnson Justice, they're not insolvent. They're not. They're not having any financial issues. They can pay these verdicts, if, you know. If they wanted to. Right, yeah. right, right. But they don't want to. And so other companies were looking at that, too. And they're like, wow. That's a good know? idea. It's a damn good idea. <laughs> Why didn't we yeah. think of that shit? Yeah. And so so it, it was really scary for a lot of us and, and should be for forever. Everybody, that if companies can just do this, they're now out of the whole system. You can't hold them accountable at all. Because you know, if they start getting hit, if they get caught, if they get busted doing these bad things, and they start getting sued, and they get these verdicts, they just make it a little subsidiary, let it go bankrupt, it goes away. So you know, thank goodness. I mean, there's been some you know some serious partying and celebrating on the you know, on the part of the plaintiffs sure. bar and people who care about injured people. Yeah. Um, and really, everybody should. But again, it's it's you know it's kind of like this little little area that I think not not a lot of people got the significance. Yeah, I hadn't heard at all about that. I haven't seen that anywhere. But I think that's that's massive news, right? Because I think <laughs> you mentioned it is if pharmaceutical companies know that they can do this 
this, they can create this small little subsidiary that they can just put all their baggage under and say, oh, well, that sucks, man. Wish we didn't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not even a point for the equation of, you know, how how much money do we need to make for it to break even at that point? It's just like how many how many products can we get out there and give to our subsidiary? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so there were about 38,000 cases pending that were being affected mm-hmm. by this bankruptcy. And, you know, and we know they gave them the $2 billion, but they've already, you know, they've already blown that with the, the, the pass verdict. So people coming along now would have nothing. Yeah. Like it's bankruptcy. Yeah. So, so I'm really hopeful. Um, I'm, I'm uh, guardedly optimistic. I mean, uh, but, for, but for now, the 38,000 cases are, are alive and moving forward. Um, you know, we are still accepting uh, talcum powder cases. I think a lot of people were like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a sad thing to tell people when they call and they're telling you they lost their mother to ovarian cancer and you'd have to tell them this situation. Like, yeah, it looks like you have a strong case here. Um, however, here's what's going on. And nobody, you know, it may be that nobody ever gets compensated because of this little trick that mm-hmm. they've got going on. And and this is with Johnson & Johnson, who had known about this. Because it, it sounds like this product is really old. I mean, this has been around <laughs> for a while, right? It's been 30, around for a long time. 30, yeah. 50 years, it sounded like, somewhere around there. No, so More than that, because it's before me. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's been a while, and they've known about it for a while and continued to leave it out there. So I'm assuming the victims of a case like this must be... Immense. I mean, massive. Well, yeah. So the, the real studies that were showing the problems with it, there were a lot of those um, in the 70s. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, it, go, it kind of goes back to the same situation we we're talking about in other cases. How many thousands and thousands of women have died of ovarian cancer? Um, Just no, thought they were unlucky. Well, yeah, they thought they were unlucky. Who knows? But I mean, they had no clue that it was this this, this household daily product that they were using that they could have stopped any time. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it goes again. Here's something if you know about this and, and, you know, we can tell people about about it and people, you know, can can stop using the product, use something else. Um, that's that's a huge win. Yeah. Um, and actually just a kind of a little um we kind of follow up on that. Um, after all of these years and all this litigation, finally Johnson and Johnson has indicated that they are not going to be using talc in these products anymore. Oh, thank God! Yeah, oh, so. we got that one. With small wins, baby. Small well, wins. but but is it about us or is it about them? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. All right. Finally, fine. We're paying too much at this point. Yeah. So, all right, you so guys, yeah. you guys hit us hard enough. We'll finally change what we've been doing for the last seventy years. Right. Right. I mean, and hopefully, all cases don't take seventy years. I mean. Uh, yeah. How many lives could be, you know, how many lives were lost unnecessarily? That's uh, it's a great point. I mean, I, I think it's it's something like that where even products that have been around for 60, 70 years are products that could have these type of issues, you know, and, and I, I know whenever I ever got medication, you'd always ask the doctor, <laughs> right? You'd be like, how long has this been on the market? General rule of thumb is like five to 10 years before, you know, the, when the serious issues, the real bad ones start coming out and when you can know, you know, what a drug does. Um, but then there's still cases like this where 70 yeah. years later and it's still coming out and yeah, people knew it was going on, but it, it wasn't common knowledge. Lawyers didn't know it was going on. There's just people behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one of the kind of just on a, on on the kind of the front of of tips, um, if, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I um, people get really excited when they're like, oh my gosh, it's this new drug, and I'm so excited, and I don't want this old drug I'm taking. I want the new drug, the new drug that's out here because newer is better. Yeah. Well, maybe 
maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, and, and a lot of the new drugs, um, I mean, that's how, that's how they make their money. It's, it's the hype that it's something new and different. And they're maybe tweaking just little small things. Um, and, and then also there's like the issue of the patent. If their old patent is expiring, then they're going to want to tweak it a little yeah. bit so that they can get a new patent and so that it can be exclusive. Um, and so, but, but my thing was uh, the opposite. And it's funny because it did come up with you on a number of occasions. And, okay, well, here's the new medication. Um, and I'm like, uh, I would, if a medication's been around for a while, yeah, there's problems, but we probably know more of what they are. Again, some of them may be hidden, but the things that are disclosed as they come out have had time to come out. And, you know, my little rule of thumb has always been, you know, I don't really want something, unless there's no other option, I don't want something unless it's been out for about seven years. Um, you know, and again, some things are going to take a lot longer than that to develop. I mean, a lot of cancers and that sort of thing. Um, but you're going to see a lot in those, you know, in those initial years of, of potential problems. And hopefully, hopefully the drug company is being honest and updating as those things come out. You're going to know more than you knew at the beginning. So I'm not excited about brand new drugs. No, no, I, I, I know that for a fact. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting kind of talking about brand new drugs and um, Johnson and Johnson, because I know we've spoken about this in the past. I mean, with the vaccines, right? Like Johnson, Johnson, the new thing for them was the one stick. It's all you need. You don't need two shots. Everyone was doing the two shots. And then Johnson Johnson came out and said, well, you know, we're the first ones with the one shot. Right. And I think now you can't even really get that very like many places. I think you have to kind of go out of your way to get the one stick. Uh, yeah, there were some big problems with that. And there were certain um, certain groups of people who it was not good for. Um, and and honestly, I would I would like to get onto a rant about this. But I think for um, uh, <laughs> political reasons, I won't go into the whole vaccine thing. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hot topic. So. We're not an anti-vax podcast in any way. No, 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 no. In no. any way. I think it's just, you know, with with our background, you know, hesitancy is always well, keeping your eyes open, maybe being cautious, um, and and just being a little bit nervous about anything that that had to happen really fast, mm -hmm. um, you know. But again, no, no, actually, I mean, I've had my vaccine, you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know. So um, we've been talking about the drugs and medical devices, but of course, we certainly do do car accidents. I have always done car accidents since I was basically in the womb or something like that, pretty close. Um, and but, but there's always, you know, interesting and different aspects about them. I mean, the classic car accident, of course, you know, you, you're in an accident. There's the other person's insurance pays, that sort of thing. Um, but um, actually, one of the reasons why we had a gap in our podcasts is that um, our lovely host here was involved in his own car accident, and it was a little bit different and unusual um, and, and uh, you know, raised some issues that are not the norm. So I thought maybe we could uh, dive into that a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely an eventful last week. I was here last week recording our first show. Um, I don't think that's going to be a full show. We were kind of just testing out, uh, figuring it out, and it was Thursday. It's been about two weeks since, I think two weeks to the day, um, we're in Arizona and I was down here in Tucson and I live up in Scottsdale. So it was about an hour and a half drive um, to get back home. And it's on the highway, not bad traffic, pretty easy out in the desert, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing too crazy. And there's a halfway point. It's a perfect halfway point. It's a, you know, about hour and a half, two hours. So about 45 minutes down the road, you get to Casa Grande, Florence Boulevard Highway, where you get... You have, you have a Chick-fil-A and an In-N-Out across the street from each other. 
in the middle of nowhere. The line's <laughs> always dead and you're on a car drive. I mean, it's fantastic. There's there's no better fast food than In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. If, if, if you disagree, you're just wrong. Okay, now let me just add that, that they are not sponsoring this podcast. No, no. We have no financial. Not yet. <laughs> I'd love to have a nice spicy chicken right here in the center, but... <laughs> Uh, no, so I get off the exit and I'm just kind of listening to my tunes, slowly going up the ramp, going about 40, slowing down, getting to the light. And all of a sudden, well, Blammy gets slammed in the back, rear-ended, back right. Uh, I'm shocked. I have my little puppy, my dog, in my lap. We're panicked a little bit. Uh, hits back right really hard uh, because we're getting off the highway and I was going about 30, 40. He was going about 70. Oh, my car kind of like slides a little bit. You know, you can hear the skidding. And you can see this beat down car just kind of go to the right of me. And he just tries to keep on going. I mean, he doesn't doesn't have a care in the world. He's just trying to get out of there. I hear sirens right behind me. And I'm like, oh, thank God that worked out perfectly. You know, they saw all that happen. I don't have to worry about like calling you know, the police. Calling the police you know, they're like deal. on it. They're on it. You know, they're doing a good job today. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, so they pull up. They're right behind me. All of a sudden, six cop cars pull up, surround him. Um, one cop car passed me like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I mean, how, how do I look, man? I'm fucking sideways in the middle of the road. My entire bumper's off my car. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, turns out the guy was being chased down for human trafficking, was running from the police. It was a full on car chase and hit me. His, he tried to keep on going, but his tire, because usually your tire is like, you know, right ways. It was sideways on the ground, just skidding on the tar. Oh man. Well, you took it out. You took it. I did. I, I, I did what I had to, you know, there was a car chase. The police needed a little bit of help. So I stepped in, did what I could. And, you know, I've heard the word local hero thrown around <laughs> here and there. Uh, okay. Let's just be clear though. Let's just be clear because I know you have a great sense of humor and you actually made a joke about with the cop about that. Um, and he asked you if you really did it and you did not. No, no. Um, <laughs> he was worried. He was you like, would did not. You, he was like, did you actually swerve in front of him? Just, I was like, Jesus Christ. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get a spicy chicken and get home. Okay. Nothing more, nothing less. And he was like, okay, thank God. Because they do have people. They have people that when they're in a car chase uh, that yeah. will try to get in the way of the car. Oh. And sometimes they'll even call the 18 wheelers. They'll call the 18 wheelers and be like, hey, we have a car chase. Like it, it's coming up to you because they're on the radio as well and tell them to go sideways on the road to stop it. Wow. Wow. That's like really taking one for the team. That's kind of. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you don't do that. And and, and I would <laughs> definitely say, please don't ever do that. There's a, yeah. for a variety of reasons, not the least of which you would be hurt. I don't want yeah. you hurt. I had some precious cargo, my dog, Bruno, um, but he's all good. We're both OK. Not injured at all. Cars totaled, unfortunately, but. Um, well, and you were injured. You're just better. Now. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely pretty sore. I was surprised because. It didn't feel painful when it happened, but the next mm. day when I woke up, my entire back was, it was like I just hit the best back day of my life the day before. I mean, I was <laughs> absurdly sore, um, yeah. but, you know, after a few days, it, it went away. Well, and so, the, and that's, that's the thing too. A lot of people, um, went right after they're in an accident, they're like, oh, I'm fine. But, you know, you've got all of this adrenaline going and really it takes a couple of days. I mean, they say 48, 72 hours before, you know, you really know you have problems. And some insurance companies will jump in there and they'll try to, you know, in fact, I was in a car accident ages ago and I remember they called me up and they're like, hello, how are you doing? And I said, I'm fine. Um, and, you know, just like the 
fine. How are you? Oh, good. I'm glad you're fine. So you don't have any injuries. We can give you $500 today and be done. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a figure of speech. I'm fine. I mean, I'm actually sore. And, you know, yeah. give me some time to take a breath and figure out what's going on. Um, so, so, yeah, on car accidents, oftentimes that's the... Um, uh, it does, it does take a few days. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was pretty worried about this because, you know, I've been in fender benders before, but this is, is different, right? I mean, it's a, a car chase. Yeah. That was pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. And there was like six or seven cops surrounding the guy right off the rip. I mean, they weren't even talking to me. I had a few of them come in there while, while they're walking by to go see this, <laughs> this mastermind criminal. They're like, Hey, are you doing all right? And I was like, How's the victim? Yeah. Uh, I was like, Oh, I'm doing good. Um, and they, they, they just kept on going. But, you know, I didn't know how to really approach a situation like that because I even asked them, I was like, you know, does he have any insurance? And they're like, ah, you know, he has a record for, for stealing cars. Um, and this mm -hmm. one looks like it might be in that as well. So probably not. Yeah. Um, and I was just, you know, what do you do? What, what do I, 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 well, you call your mother. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> I was stranded in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Uh, no water, no food. Oh, please. No civilization. There was a Chick-fil-A. Like walking it. distance. <laughs> I was waiting at a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that is that is true. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, you know, before before working on his, I was a legal assistant at, at a personal injury law firm. And, you know, they always said to always call a lawyer whenever you're in a, a car accident, even if it's your fault or if it's not your fault, no matter what. Um, just because insurance companies can definitely be a little... A little sneaky with, mm. with some of their tactics. Uh, so I called you right away and I wasn't sure, you know, what, what the next steps were. But now I'm being represented. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're my favorite client. Sorry, yeah. sorry everybody, but I got to be honest here. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things I just wanted to touch on about that, too, because, again, it's an unusual situation, um, is, is what kind of insurance people have or should have. Um, and a lot of times people kind of poo-poo the whole uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. And they're like, oh, you know, if I'm in an accident, the other person's insurance will cover me. And yeah, you know, if they have insurance, but a lot of people do not. A I mean, lot it's of a people big, don't. It's a big issue here. Um, and if they're involved in, in criminal conduct, it's not going to apply anyway. Um, stolen vehicles, all of these things. And so um, there are, you'll, you'll see a lot of times people say, oh, I have full coverage. And, and yeah, maybe they do. They have some UM or uninsured motorist coverage, um, but they they get that in like the minimal limits, mm -hmm. whereas they have a higher uh, a higher limit that's going to protect other people. I'm like, come on. I mean, you should protect yourself at least as much as you're protecting other people. And it's interesting, at least here, you cannot buy higher limits for, uh, you know, for yourself or on and under as than you have for liability. So you can't protect yourself more, but you should at least, you should protect yourself as much. At the very least. Yeah. And so, but, but so there's that issue. And also, you know, if you don't have collision coverage, um, you, you know, would not be able to get your car repaired. Again, if that mm -hmm. person doesn't have insurance or if it's a criminal situation, uh, you're always going to have to pay the deductible. But, it, that, but those are, you know, reasons why it's really important to make sure that you have decent coverage. Yeah, when I was working as a legal assistant, I was shocked. I didn't even know UM or UIM was, was a thing. Uh, because, I mean, you know, especially when I was younger, 16, getting my license is assumption. Oh, everyone has their, if you're driving, you have your license, you have insurance, you have your registration, everything's set. Oh, yeah. And then then <laughs> Everybody. You, you realize, you know, a few months at a, at a law firm, personal injury law firm, you're like, wow, okay, a lot of people don't have insurance. A lot of people are driving really recklessly and, you know, just don't 
don't don't care to have registration or any of that. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's a lot more of a common issue. And when you talk to individuals that get into these car accidents and they have coverage, but the people that, um, you know, they crashed into or got, got, had crashed into them don't have insurance and then they don't have UM or UIM or don't have enough UM, UIM and they can't get any coverage or repairs. I mean, it's, it's. Yeah, it can be devastating. <laughs> terrible. It can really be devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was a crazy experience overall. Um, luckily I'm, I'm safe, um, recovered. You don't have a new car yet. No new no car process. yet. Got a rental, got my car totaled, which was, which is definitely just a kind of crazy one morning and everything's fine. Next, next, uh, by the end of the day, I don't have a car and I'm stranded slightly, but um, but luckily there's Uber Eats. Luckily there's Uber Eats. I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they're not advertising. This isn't advertising for them either. But. I know. I, I would love to <laughs> Uber Eats over spicy chicken. If I could. <laughs> Two for one brand deal right there. Shit. Um, but yeah, you know, everything's good. We'll be uh, car shopping coming up here real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the AHJ this weekend as well. Massive lawyer convention in Scottsdale this week, usually in Vegas, my preferred whoa, destination. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's AAJ, um, is it's always in, in, uh, February and July and it, it travels around the country. You're probably thinking of mass towards made perfect, which is always in Vegas. And that's, okay. that's always in April and October. Um, yes, but, uh, but AAJ that's American association for justice. And that convention is happening this weekend, um, in, in Phoenix. And so, um, we will all be up there and schmoozing and learning and getting updated on, uh, all sorts of cases. And certainly we'll be Glad to share that on the next podcast. And these events are where you kind of get the updates for the cases that you're currently working on and then hear, you know, rumblings about possible upcoming cases that... uh Well, it's a great opportunity. I mean, it's attorneys from all over the country. And so, you know, for example, the first time I really got involved with with the litigation groups was back in the days of the denture cream. And I had got my first denture cream case and I was researching it. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, there's a denture cream litigation group. There are other people who are handling these cases. And um, happened to be in Maui at the time, so I had to fly out to Maui and meet. But it was—it's great to. because I, yeah, it was a miserable sacrifice <laughs> I had to make. But it was for my clients. Yeah. Um, only fair. So, um, and it was, but it was just so great because you were sitting in a room with all of these other people who are doing the same cases. Um, I mean, it was just my first experience, and then I was—I was just totally sold after that. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, you've been going back every year to to these conventions and. Learning. Well, twice a year for AAJ and twice a year for MTMP. So I'm, I'm traveling around for conventions. Well, I, they're conventions, they're meetings. Um, but, but yeah, it's a great opportunity. And like I said, you know, the whole mass tour thing is it's teamwork. Um, you know, one firm, even one really big firm cannot, you know, cannot take on, you know, these massive corporations. Um, it, it's lots and lots of, you know, I'm not going to say manpower, human power, <laughs> lots of woman power. Um, and, and lots and lots of money to finance these litigations. Mm-hmm. So we need to work together, um, and these are great organizations that allow us to do that. And so we love these conventions, too, is we get to collaborate with all these different law firms across the country, and that's a lot of the work that we do is a lot of referrals. Um, as we get cases in, we, we make these connections with these different law firms across the country that are um, you know, focus on a wide variety of different cases. A lot of a lot of law firms will, f- you know, focus primarily on a set group of cases, and mm-hmm. um, 
so that's what we try to do is, is refer cases out to the people that are focused on them the most. Right. Well, and, and so, you know, no firm handles all of the different cases that are hand, that are going on. And so, you know, most firms have particular ones that they are working on. We have particular ones that, that you know, we, we are working on in-house. Um, but if it's a case we're not handling in-house, then we co-counsel with firms. And so that's, you know, the, the really nice thing about these conventions is that you get to know the other people um, their strengths and weaknesses, who's good on this particular type of case, who's good on that particular type of case, so that when you have a client, um, you can choose the best partner to work on, or to work the case up together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's and that's um, a lot of actually what what you're doing now is uh, you know, kind of working on those relationships, making new relationships, continuing uh, co-counsel relationships. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Oh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, well, I think we're going to go ahead and close out the show today. I think it went really well. Uh, probably going to be our first full show up. I hope everyone enjoyed prioritizing profits with Sarah and Ben Showered. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to comment, email us, contact us any way you can. Follow Showered Law Firm on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram every social media you can and uh we'll be back at it next week we might upload all these at the same time you know we're still kind of figuring out learning it out as as we go but so far so good all right sounds good awesome thank you hope everyone has a fantastic week